0: So today's episode 156 of the Jimmy's Table.com podcast, and I'm going to talk about why overturning Roe vs. Wade doesn't really matter as I attempt to have a discussion here about abortion in our culture. In a stunning 63 decision in the Dobbs versus Jackson's Women's Health Organization, the Supreme Court recently overturned the precedent of Roe vs. Wade and Planned Parenthood vs. Casey, two cases which had guaranteed women. The right to an abortion in the United States. And I want to talk about in today's podcast why the overturning of Roe and Casey ultimately doesn't really matter all that much, in spite of what you might think. But before I first explain why that doesn't matter all that much, let's get into some facts about the entire abortion issue. In the decision of the Supreme Court ruled that the prior precedent that supported the right of a woman's right to abortion was ultimately based on faulty and tortured reasoning, and that the U.S. Constitution ultimately didn't provide women a fundamental right to an abortion under the 14th Amendment Due Process Clause. Instead, the Supreme Court has ruled that the right to an abortion is one of those unenumerated rights that is ultimately left up to individual states to decide. If you recall from your high school civics class, The U.S. Constitution says whatever rights that the U.S. Constitution doesn't explicitly spell out is a right that ultimately is the concern of the individual states to decide. And the Supreme Court has ultimately ruled in in this Dobbs case that since the U.S. Constitution doesn't explicitly spell out the right to a woman to have an abortion... That it's ultimately something up to the individual states to make decisions about as to whether or not it's going to recognize a woman's right to choose for an abortion. As currently reported at the time of this podcast, only eight states have outright bans on abortion, whereas only six states have zero restrictions on abortion. And the rest of the 36 states in America have a wide variety of policies that allow for abortions only up to certain periods of fetal development, most of them having to do with about 14, 15, 16 weeks of development. After that, you start getting into questions of whether the, the, the unborn child is um, viable and can survive outside the womb. And a lot of states have a lot of different laws regarding abortion restrictions about this period. Um, And it's within this first 14, 15 weeks, I believe, from my understanding, that about 95% of abortions take place. Of course, with the overturn of Roe and Casey, many popular narratives now paint a dark picture in which America has been taken back to the Dark Ages or is the embodiment of patriarchy run amok and is now the real-life version of the popular Handmaid's Tale. Of course, none of this is true, and in spite of such rhetoric, it's simply irresponsible and sloppy to say such. We don't resemble any way, shape, or form these metaphors. The truth of the matter is, in spite of such popular rhetoric coming from the mouths of politicians and individuals on social media and protesting in the streets, most of us know better. (laughs) We really do. Most of us... Know that we're not anywhere near living in a country that could be painted with such intellectually lazy metaphors as saying that we're living in the handmaid's tale or the dark ages. The overturning of Roe and Casey ultimately amounts to America having an abortion policy that is very similar to that much of Europe and the level of access and restrictions that many of the countries in Europe place on abortion. Of course, A lot of countries in Europe, a lot of different rules about when an abortion is allowed and under what instances, at what time of development, and whether it's even allowed or not. Um, But most European countries have a variety of restrictions on abortion that, when you compare it, in many ways mirror the average state in the United States of America. So, if you imagined previously that Europe was this great liberal progressive utopia in which everybody had unrestricted access to an abortion for any reason whatsoever and that they were shouting their abortion in the streets, you'd be wrong. In many instances, America has actually been much more liberal than Europe and access to abortion. So, such is hardly the handmaid's tale or return the Dark Ages. And with the overturning of Roe and Casey, we are now in America just about as liberal in most instances as much of Europe regarding access to abortion. And while that might not satisfy your progressive utopian ideals, I'd say that if we have policies that are pretty much in keeping with European social practices, that's still pretty liberal enough. You know, it's still pretty liberal at the end of the day. Um, And so you might not be able to get an abortion in America and all 50 states up to the ninth month of pregnancy. But you can't do that in Europe either. So before you start running around, you know, claiming, you know, that you don't have access to rights and that your rights are being violated and that it's returned to the dark ages, you know, Check your, check your rhetoric. Be, re, be responsible with your rhetoric. It's, I know it's easy to get emotional. It's easy to get upset. And, and I empathize with those who are upset over these things. I, I truly do. You know, the idea that your rights may be violated is something that everybody should take seriously. Because um, we live in a country that's first and foremost about the rights of the individual to live free of interference of the government. Um, so, you know, I get it. I really do. But let's not make, if you're going to make an argument for a pro-choice argument or an abortion rights and stuff like that, be intellectually responsible and don't be sloppy about misrepresenting your position or your situation or your context because you're not going to make any progress in that arena if you're going to misrepresent what your actual state of being Actually, is and you won't be able to make progress if you're not dealing with reality. Um, because if you're going to make progress, progress has to be real and it has to happen in the state of that which is real. And if you're trying to claim something that isn't a problem, you're never going to be able to solve it. So, I'm not a pro life, I'm not a pro choice person, I'm pro life, but come on, folks, be real. And while the overturning of Roe and Casey by the Supreme Court will indeed allow for the outlawing of abortion in eight different states in America, with possibly other states looking to make tighter restrictions on abortion, at the end of the day, I don't believe this really matters all that much. Of course, in saying that it doesn't really matter, let me first acknowledge it will matter some. This ruling has very real-world practical ramifications at the end of the day. For instance, it means that there are eight states in which women who previously believed they had a constitutional right to an abortion, no longer have that right. And that there are yet other states who may make access to abortion yet more restrictive. And it must be acknowledged in in saying such, that such could definitely impact a woman medically, legally, and financially financially. And ultimately, keep women from making decisions about their very lives and their very bodies. That has to be acknowledged, whether, no matter if you're pro life or not, that has to be acknowledged. But on the other hand, the inability of women to get an abortion will save lives. If you believe a fetus is a human life, then, as I certainly do, then the inability of women to get an abortion in some states will indeed save lives. And it is estimated by the people who do these things and calculate these things. I have links to it all in the show notes at JimmySable.com. It is estimated that as a result of the Dobbs ruling, that this will cause an estimated 10 to 12% reduction in abortions nationwide. And while 10 to 12% may not sound like a whole lot, when you consider that according to statistics that about 930,000 abortions took place in 2020... That means roughly 93,000 to 111,000 lives per year will be saved as a result of the Dobbs decision. So on a percentage basis, it doesn't sound like a lot. When you actually do the math, you're kind of like, whoa, that's kind of a lot of people. And I'm not sure about you. And while ninety-three to 111,000 lives may even still not sound like a lot of people to you, That does seem rather meaningful, especially to those who make up that 93 to 111,000 people who ultimately are born. I'm sure those 93 to 111,000 people will love the fact that Dobbs allowed them to be born. But even with that, all that said, I believe at the end of the day, the Dobbs decision overruling Roe and Casey really won't matter all that much in the grand scheme of things. Because at the end of the day, I don't really think most people care all that much about abortion rights and whether or not a small percentage of lives are ultimately saved. If people really cared about abortion so deeply, as they claim to, well, we would have seen Democrats codify and row into federal law many times over already. They didn't do it under Clinton. They didn't do it under Obama. And they haven't done it under Biden. So it kind of makes you think, did they really want it all that much? Is it really that important to them? And if Republicans ultimately really cared about the life of the unborn all that much, we probably would have seen them introducing more legislation, making it easier on families to care for their unborn children and children after they're born. We've seen neither of these things from either party. And then according to the data, abortion the abortion rate in this country, the no, that is the number of abortions per 1,000 women ages 15 to 45, so on a, on a per capita basis, is estimated to be at 13.5 per 1,000 women in this country. So if you do the math on an annual basis, only 1.35% of women of childbearing age choosing to have an abortion. And with the number of abortions in this country on a per capita basis being near all-time historic lows, even less than when abortion was completely illegal in this country, or wasn't a guaranteed right, rather I should say, under Roe, there's simply has to be acknowledged that there's simply less and less demand by women for abortion services in this country. And ultimately, that should all give us a pause for reflection on what all of this means. That means that having an abortion is something that only a very small percentage of women want in any given year. And far from the extremists who go around saying you should shout your abortion mantra, More and more, women simply don't desire to have an abortion. And for those that do, the ability to obtain an abortion still really isn't that big of a deal, even to the vast majority of women in our country. Ultimately, at the end of the day, there's still very wide access to abortion services in the United States, so that those who want to obtain an abortion, whether their state allows it or not, will be able to do so just as they did before the Constitution was ever said to have granted them the right to an abortion. And the vast majority of states, ultimately, at the end of the day, even if the U.S. Supreme Court and Constitution aren't said to recognize the right of a woman to an abortion, the fact of the matter remains that the vast majority of states still recognize the right of a woman to have an abortion at some level. It may not be spelled out explicitly explicitly, the Supreme Court are recognized by any federal law, but the individual states still, by and large, will allow most women to continue to have most of the abortions that they've always had. As like I said previously, it's estimated that the overturning of Roe and Casey will only result in about a 10 to 12% reduction on abortions in this country. So the vast majority of abortions will still happen And overwhelmingly so. It might, granted, be more difficult in some states than others to get an abortion, but at the end of the day, those who really want one, they're going to get one, just as they always have. Which is why I think, when all this is said and done, that the level of protest and fallout that we've seen over Roe and Casey being overruled has really been, shockingly, pretty muted and rather small, much more muted and small than I actually personally anticipated would happen. I previously thought based off prior movements that we've seen in this country, not only with Me Too and Black Lives Matter, I previously thought that with the overturning of Roe that we would probably see a large amount of civil unrest at the level that we saw during Me Too and BLM protests from the last several years. Um, I thought we might even see something a little bit higher and more escalated than that. But so far, a couple weeks into this, nothing remotely on that scale has even come close to happening. And frankly, it doesn't seem likely to. And while I'm sure there will be some massive demonstrations from time to time, without a doubt, it's going to happen. And there may even be some political violence in which a, a politician or two maybe has an assassination attempt against their lives by some extremist element of the pro abortion lobby and group. It still, at the end of the day, seems very unlikely to happen. But I don't think we should dismiss the possibility that it could happen because, after all, this is America. <laughs> This is America where most of our cultural war issues ultimately devolve into some sort of violence, even if a great deal of it happens peacefully. There's usually some sort of violent fallout from it all. At the end of the day, in spite of the limited outrage that we've seen on social media, in the news, and in the streets, the striking down of Roe and Casey and the Dobbs case by the Supreme Court has ultimately amounted to nothing much more than a symbolic culture war victory for the political right more than anything else. And don't get me wrong, it is a major culture war victory, that is to be certain. The largest victory in decades. But ultimately, when you look at it and step back and look at the big picture, in the grand scheme of things, it's mostly a symbolic victory. And it will do actually very little to stop abortion in America. And intuitively, both the political left and the political right, I believe we all know this to be the case. Abortion will continue to be something women can largely legally obtain in this country. Hundreds of thousands of abortions will continue to take place on an annual basis. And almost everyone that wants an abortion will be able to get one without too much problem. But at the end of the day, I don't think most people simply care about any of this. Because access to abortion isn't something that will impact most people in their day-to-day lives. Most people are worried about whether they will have decent jobs, be able to afford their home, feed, take care, and educate their kids, and ultimately live a life of dignity undisturbed by others. And whether or not you think the Supreme Court's ruling in the Dobbs case was a good thing or a bad thing, and whether whatever your opinion on abortion might ultimately be, this is simply the reality of the situation. The ability to access an abortion is something that the vast majority of the population will ever have to seriously consider. And for those who want to have an abortion, the vast majority will still have the ability to obtain an abortion. And most people, whether on the left or the right, simply won't care one way or the other. It's not to say people won't. They will. For most people, it simply doesn't matter. And ultimately, the Supreme Court overturning of Roe and Casey won't matter all that to much, most people. abortion is something that will continue to happen out on the margins of society, where it has always happened. It's something that most people just ultimately shrug their shoulders over. Even if they get whipped into the occasional frenzy by a politician on the left or the right to say, hey, you need to care about it because I'm your guy or I'm your woman and this is my particular stance on abortion, so vote for me and donate to me. And we're going to continue to see that. That's not going away anytime soon. But apart from those occasional stirrings that you see... On the news and social media, I think that uh, at the end of the day, the overturning of Roe and V. Wade and Casey really isn't going to matter all that much when it comes to abortion. It's going to ultimately just matter to those who like fighting the culture wars and getting the victories where they can as often as they can so that you can continue to vote for them. And that might be a little cynical, but I think if you search your heart, and you read the tea leaves and, and put your finger up in the wind and, and see which direction the winds are blowing in this country, you're gonna find out it really doesn't matter all that much. Everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, Jimmy's table.com, episode 156. Why overturning Roe v. Wade doesn't really matter all that much. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. I hope I've given you something to think about, something that's a little chewy on a very sensitive and difficult cultural issue to speak about. It was with great reluctance that I even put this podcast episode together. But I felt the need to engage in some cultural analysis to help people better understand the times and the situations in which we are living. And to help people understand reality as it actually is. Because whether you're on the left or whether you're on the right, we're not going to advance our particular agendas politically unless we truly deal with how things are instead of the way we imagine them to be. So if you've enjoyed this podcast or have some fighting words you want to send me, email me, Jimmy at jimmyatjimmystable.com. If you haven't had the opportunity to subscribe yet, go to Jimmy'sTable.com slash subscribe and you can find your favorite way to subscribe, whether that's through Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Amazon, Google, or all the million other ways, including email, that you have the ability to subscribe. If you haven't had the opportunity yet, I encourage you, unless you're going to leave a one-star review, go over to Apple and Spotify and leave your glowing five-star review and tell the world about how much Jimmy has these amazing conversations over at Jimmy'sTable.com. Uh, everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, Jimmy'sTable.com, where I'm having conversations about the intersection of faith, life, and culture. Take care, everybody. God bless. Have a good one. That's all I have to say about that. That's so right on, man. You said it all.